Hi, everybody, and this is Gene Marks, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. Today, I have a conversation with Congresswoman Sharice Davids. She's a Democrat from Kansas. She sits on the House Small Business Committee and is also the chair of the Subcommittee on Economic Growth, Tax, and Capital Access. Congresswoman Davis has been uh, has been sponsoring some really great bills to help small businesses that are making their way through Congress. Uh, and, and these are bills that I think that you will find very interesting. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about these bills that she's sponsoring, as well as her thoughts on minimum wage and uh, getting more money in the hands of small business owners in need. So Congresswoman David, thank you very, very much for joining me. I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be here. So, I, you know, listen, I, I was looking at a press release that was just, inter- you know, w- w- went out this week uh, about your activities on the House Small Business Committee's Subcommittee on Economic Growth, Tax, and Capital mm-hmm. Access. Um, you had a hearing recently about the roles of community development financial institutions, minority, minority depository institutions. So let me, you know, I want to get your thoughts on those institutions. And I just wanted to frame it with that. I, you know, we hear so much, uh, Congresswoman, that, you know, minority businesses, businesses in low to moderate income areas, small businesses need help and funding. And there's been a lot of money set aside, particularly for these CDFIs and MDIs to to provide assistance. Sometimes I feel like the business owners themselves still don't know that these opportunities are out there. And I'm not quite sure what more these institutions can be doing. So having said that, what are your thoughts on CDFIs and MDIs? What did you guys talk about? Yeah, no, I think that what you're saying is really resonating in terms of the 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 clients and the folks that CDFIs uh, and MDIs are trying to uh, support and and work with and with with so many of the small business issues that we've been seeing and I know that the pandemic has really exacerbated a lot of these um, particularly access to capital issues um, obviously, our small business owners have been hit particularly hard because of the pandemic. Um, CDFIs and uh, MDIs, although, like you said, lots of people are not as familiar with those types of institutions, um, but they have a really great track record of uh, servicing and helping folks who are either unbanked or underbanked. Yep. And um, that was a that was a, a good portion of the conversation yesterday. Was uh, what are the what are the ways that uh, CDFIs and MDIs can meet some of the needs of uh, really the most marginalized? But uh, you know, the return <laughs> was the was the other piece of it. You know, the businesses. Um, the small business owners and and the folks that they employ um, uh, really see uh, quite a bit. We see a, a big return on investment uh, when when CDFIs and MDIs are um, going out into communities. Uh, you know, it, it helps bolster the overall economy. Um, the businesses grow, uh, which then creates more jobs. And I think that. That, that's an area that I actually got a chance to see even before I came to Congress uh, when I was doing community and economic development work. You know, it's funny. I, you must see this, you know, in, in Kansas, you know, uh, you know, but I, I'm in Philadelphia. Um, you know, there was a mm. large percentage of black business owners in Philadelphia. 
Um, you know, and you know, I'm not so much worried about the younger generations because I think that they, um, I don't know, they're, they're, they're smarter about a lot of things. But, you know, there's their parents are running businesses in North Philly and West Philly, and they grew up mm -hmm. in a different era. And I, I kind of feel like a lot of these business owners are not, they're not stepping up themselves. You know, they're not being aggressive. They're not reaching out to their local CDFIs or, or MDIs um, for assistance. Mm -hmm. And, and it frustrates me sometimes because there's only so much that these organizations can do. They can't drive around mm. and take bags of money on their doorsteps. You know, I mean, the business owners themselves have got to step up. But was that discussed, you know, as far as helping, you know, you know, the business owners themselves taking more responsibility or being a little bit more aggressive in, in seeking out some of these funds? That's an interesting question. I think that one of the one of the areas, and I probably should have touched on this a little bit ago, um, you know, one of the areas that I know is a big topic of conversation is trying to meet people where they're at. So yeah. um, I know what you mean about the, or I think I do, about kind of the uh, younger generations. I'm in the sweet spot where uh, I'm not as up to date on all of the apps and that sort of thing. Um, but I do know that, you know, the, the folks who have, some folks have been in business for 20, 30 years, and uh, this pandemic has really put them in a position that they never thought that they would be in. Um, and CDFIs, MDIs are, are really trying to figure out ways to get into communities and, and particularly help folks. Um, I know we've, I've heard from uh, CDFIs and also some of our small business development centers who have, who have testified before the Small Business Committee about the ways that they've been trying to reach uh, demographics who might not necessarily be um, online 100% uh, right. of the time. And, um, and that, in, that, that requires things like um, some of what you're talking about, it's obviously harder in a pandemic um, for, for folks to do physical um, outreach and going out into communities. But um, a lot of calling businesses, checking in, asking how they're doing, seeing if they know how to navigate some of these systems. Um, I, think that, uh, I think that word of mouth um, and also using other um, like the like the radio yep. um, uh, ads and that sort of thing have uh, have become not just a uh, additional you know ancillary piece of reaching out, but has become um, you know uh, recognized as a necessity to make sure that we're um, every single um, small business owner hopefully learns about some of these programs like the Paycheck Protection Program and. Um, you know, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund and Shuttered Venues Fund and that sort of thing, because um, there are a lot of people who don't don't have access to that information. Yep. You know what it is? It's a um, it's a story of two generations. And and you know, like we said, I've got you know, we've got a younger generation, millennials and below of all, you know, of all races and colors who are used to technology and get it and, and can be reached that way. But people do forget that you know the average age of the U.S. small business owner is still in their early fifties. Um, you have a, you have an older generation of people that that just are not as technology savvy, um, and and they need to be reached in other ways. And so I'm glad to hear that 
um, that was discussed and, and CDFIs and MDIs need to still use some old school ways like picking up the phone and or, or visiting, um, particularly as the pandemic starts to recede. So that's good to hear. Okay, so Congresswoman, so let's let's move on to some other stuff. You've been working on and sponsoring some really great bills that um, you know that 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 help small businesses. And there are four of them. And in the short time that we have, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on each one of them. And let me just list, let me just say what they are up front, and then we can go through each one of them so you can give a little summary and why you feel they're important. The first is um, the, the Modernization and Small Manufacturers Enhancement Act of 2021. That's H.R. 1490. Uh, you've been championing mm-hmm. the Supplies Act. You've been championing the Serve Act. And finally, there is an act, uh, the Women's Business Centers Improvement Act. So let's start at the top with the modernization and small, this is a 504, Loan 504 Modernization Small Manufacturer Enhancement Act. Can you explain to us what that is, why you think it's important, and where it stands? The 504 Modernization and Small Manufacturing Enhancement Act of 2021 uh, will help small manufacturers access affordable capital by improving the SBA's 504 loan program. Right. And programs like the 504 loan program have have really been something of a lifeline to uh, to small manufacturers by providing a long long term fixed rate financing um, option. And uh, this modernization bill would uh, streamline the loan process, uh, increase the maximum loan amounts and then uh, provide additional support from the SBA uh, district offices um, for folks who apply for for those loans. And I mean, it's part of an effort to make sure that we're supporting small businesses so that we, so they can grow and um, and create jobs and, you know, continue to contribute to our economy. Where does that, where does that stand right now? Has it passed the house? Yes, it did pass the house. Okay. So it sits with the Senate and obviously it's kind of a no brainer bill. I- I was going to use the phrase bipartisan. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, but, you know, I've, I've talked to other members of the small business you know, committee in the House. And, um, you know, it is it, it is a refreshingly bipartisan atmosphere among that committee. Um, it's kind of silly if you're a politician to be anti-small business in any way. Um, so these, you know, these types of legislation, I mean, like I said, is, is just, you know, is, is kind of a no-brainer. And for those of you guys that are listening to this, um, please don't forget that through September, if you apply for a new um, SBA 7A or 504 loan, um, because of recent stimulus bills, you can get your first three months of principal and interest forgiven. So, you know, if this bill, the Modernization and Small Manufacturing Enhancement Act goes through, it'll make it easier to apply. And um, if it happens before September, and who the heck knows, uh, you can, you know, it, you can get some forgiveness under these under these loans too, which is which is really important. Congresswoman, let's move on to the Supplies Act. Tell us about that. Yeah. Why you're behind it, and and also if you can give us the status of it. Yeah. So I introduced the Supplies Act uh, because. I know we've already talked a little bit about the devastating impact of the of the pandemic, but I think one of the things we saw was that we really need to be promoting um, the manufacture of 
uh, medical supplies, the personal protective equipment, and uh, at the small and medium-sized manufacturer level, there's so much capacity uh, in actually in the third district in Kansas, um, but really across the country. And we saw small and medium-sized businesses step up and say, hey, we can help with this. Uh, but I also heard from so many uh, folks in the third district uh, that really said, look, it costs money to pivot yep. and I want to be helpful for our community, but you know, we, we need, we need help. We need some support. And uh, that's why I came up with the hundred million dollar grant program that is the, that, you know, the supplies act would um, provide for small businesses as they shift their production to manufacture things like PPE and testing supplies and, um, you know, this is, this would be helpful for, uh, of course, our, our public health, but also growing, growing our economy and getting jobs back online. You know, it's really important that we make use of every single tool we have. Right. And, uh, and that is from the federal perspective and from the perspective of our, our small businesses that are saying, we want to be helpful. Uh, we want to contribute to solving this problem. And, you know, the Kansas City metro area, the third district in Kansas, mm -hmm. we are a hotbed of entrepreneurial activity. I always say we have one of the strongest entrepreneurial ecosystems that I have ever seen. And I've, I've had the chance to travel around a lot. And I think that if it weren't for all of the small, uh, light, uh, medium-sized manufacturers, coming to our office and saying, we're trying to figure out how to be helpful. Uh, I don't know that we would have uh, recognized the need of the Supplies Act, but um, it was really because of all of the small business owners who, who said that they wanted to step up. Sure. So um, I introduced the bill in the last Congress. I reintroduced it this time. You know, it, it, it's going to be a, a bill that I'm going to continue to push for because I just, I think that we have the opportunity here to to really do something pretty pretty helpful and I agree and and just to jump in there um, I know it's specifically about COVID um, but we we all know that you know infectious diseases like COVID are never going to go away and uh, I'm convinced because of this pandemic you I don't know what it's like in Kansas but even with all the recent guidance from the CDC there are a lot of people in Philly still walking around with masks and a lot of people they're doing it because they it's protecting them and and it, and not just against COVID, against the flu or, or, you know, other things like that. So I think there is, you know, you know, supplies, medical supplies like that, we've all recognized have a greater need. And I think I think this is a great bill that can help small businesses produce them and get some funding to do mm -hmm. that. So I like that. OK, mm -hmm. let's move on next. The CERVE Act. Uh, this is for veteran business owners. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the. Uh, Successful Entrepreneurship for Reservists and Veterans Act, which is, uh, you know, the acronym SERVE comes from that. Mm -hmm. it, it, this bill would really help uh, veteran uh, business owners succeed in a number of ways. One is figuring out what are the barriers that they're, that they're facing, um, you know, and, and lack of access to capital and lines of credit and that sort of thing is, uh, I think we, we kind of talked about that. Uh, earlier on in our discussion, um, but then also I was thinking about 
this this bill popped into my head when you and I were talking about the CDFIs and MDIs and and how how often <clears throat> how often we see that that uh, folks just aren't aware. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but my mom served in the Army for 20 years. Okay. So I grew up from she was in the Army from before I was born until after I got out of high school. So I grew up um, around uh, service members. And I, I have always thought since learning about the, what, what does entrepreneur even mean? And I think there are veterans are so well situated to, uh, once they, once they're done with their time in service, so well situated to, to take the reins and start a business because they are leaders, they're trained leaders, they are problem solvers, yep. and they know how to get stuff done. You know, you, you have no option but to just get stuff done when when you're a service member. And so I wanted to figure out a way to help make sure that that our veterans know all the options that are available to them if that's what they decide to do is go into entrepreneurship. And the Serve Act helps uh, address the address those issues. There's there's barriers, and then there's also making sure that that veterans know that there are. Um, you know, the things like the Boots to Business uh, program and, and just trying to make sure that, that they're being supported in the ways that, um, that the federal government should be supporting our, our veterans and reservists. Sure. And where does that bill stand? It passed out of the uh, House with bipartisan support in the last Congress. And this Congress, we, I, can't, I don't know the exact timeline, but we'll be reintroducing it at some point in this Congress. And hoping to hoping to get it through. Once we get it out of the House, hoping to get it through the Senate, because I I'm sure that our our president would sign this bill. Well, you know, it's funny. All the all the bills that you've mentioned, that we've we've covered community lending for for businesses in low to moderate income areas that need help. Uh, you know, grants for businesses to make medical supplies. Um, you know, help for for veteran. You know, you know, veterans to to start up businesses and be entrepreneurs. So. I mean, th these are these are great issues. And now, of course, uh, the final bill that you behind is has to do with women. Uh, the Women's Business Centers Improvement Act. Tell us about that. This is one of those bills that I mean, I, it feels like it falls. It falls right in line with the bipartisanship, the recognition of the importance of supporting our entrepreneurs and particularly entrepreneurs um, might have uh, access to capital. Um, barriers that might not have traditional collateral um, and that sort of thing. So the Women's Business Centers Improvement Act, which I introduced in the last Congress, it, it passed out of the House uh, in a bipartisan way in the last Congress. Uh, this this bill would help uh, further support and, and buttress the Women's Business Centers. Um, the Women's Business Center for Kansas is actually in Fairway, which is in my district. And it it services um, the entire Kansas City metro area, and also um, uh, all of Kansas. So you know, a woman who is either already uh, in the midst of you know running a small business, or someone who wants to start a small business, um, can can come into a women's business center and get technical assistance and other types of support. And with this type of of service being available, we have to make sure that um, that we're supporting women's business centers. And you know, the 
thousands of entrepreneurs who uh, come through these centers every year and getting and get assistance for everything from initial funding to startup to figuring out how to export goods, um, how to provide services. Uh, these these are all things that again are going to help grow jobs, like help contribute to our economy, and um, they're it's exactly the kind of program that we should be um, not just touting, but but really truly supporting. And that's why I wanted to introduce this bill in the last Congress. Uh, again, I will I plan to reintroduce this bill, and hopefully we can get it through the Senate because it it passed in a a bipartisan way in the last Congress. Well, Congressman, you you're, you're you're doing great stuff, and and I appreciate it. And I know it's really benefiting or will benefit a lot of small businesses. We have like a minute to go. Um, before I let you go, let me. I have, a, I have so many other uh, issues that I just love to get your take on. And again, this isn't a debate; it's just a chance for you to to educate my audience on on a position that you have. So I'm going to pick out one issue, and that that is minimum wage. Um, you know, you as you know, there there is a huge debate as to whether or not increasing uh, our national minimum wage, you know, more than doubling it to fifteen dollars an hour. Um, you know, may be a good thing for business, may not be a good thing for business. I know that you support raising the federal minimum wage. So when a, when a small business owner comes to you and says, why do you support raising the minimum wage that's going to increase my costs? Um, here's your chance. What, what, what do you tell that small business owner? Yeah, that's a great, uh, a great question. And I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, just so, just so you know, and everybody knows, um, the first thing I do when a small business owner comes to me and says that any policy that is before me is going to impact them, I have lots of questions about the ways that they're going to be impacted. On this specific issue, uh, I have I've had the chance to talk to a lot of um, small business owners, and um, first of all, our small business community is the the bedrock of our economy. Mm-hmm. And uh, our entrepreneurs are the the drivers of our economy, and so um, it's it's really important to me that they not only be at the at front of mind when we're talking about policy, but also that they're included in the conversation. So I I, I like the way that you that you framed that um, question, and you know the the unfortunate truth of the matter is that there hasn't been a raise in the federal minimum wage for over a decade, mm-hmm. which is the longest period of uh, time in U.S. history. And, you know, I've, I've done lots of reading and had lots of conversations about this. And, uh, you know, I recognize that a, a phased-in raise would increase wages for somewhere around 27 million Americans which helps create an economy that works for everybody. Um, and, you know, this is in contrast to uh, some policies that might only benefit wealth, the wealthiest corporations or um, certain special interests and that sort of thing. But, but we have to, we have to have, we, ha- we as, as the federal government have to really truly understand the impact of uh, a minimum wage increase and that's part of why and I don't, I don't know if you already have this information but i co-sponsored a bipartisan amendment um to 
the Raise the Wage Act to make to make sure that we're that we're really tracking and um, understanding the impacts of um, of a minimum wage um, any change in the minimum wage. And then I also have um, you know I, I, I was disappointed this wasn't included. Uh, last time around, but I, I pushed for a tax credit to help small businesses um, cover the expense uh, that they'll see from in increased wages. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm continuing to work with my colleagues on the House Small Business Committee um, and, and others who aren't even on the committee, but, you know, figuring out ways to constantly be uh, a champion for Kansas small businesses and help make sure we're setting our small businesses up for success is is really important to me. And you know, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep trying to to figure out ways to do that. Well, Congressman Davids, we're out of time. Thank you so much for um, spending the time with me and 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 for the work that you're doing. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Congresswoman Sharice Davids is a Democrat from Kansas. She sits on the House Small Business Committee and is chair of the subcommittee on Economic Growth Tax and capital access. I want to thank uh, uh, Congresswoman Davids for joining me in this conversation. It was really informative. My name is Gene Marks. You've been listening to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. If you're interested in more help or advice or tips in running your business, please visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we will be back with another one very soon. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.